You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We've succeeded in completing the tractate of Rosh Hashanah before Rosh Hashanah. And in order to do that, we we have moved away slightly from the global cycle. In the global cycle, and for that matter, in the order of the tractates in the Mishnah, the Mishnah of Beitzah, which is the Mishnah of the egg, actually comes before the Mishnah of Rosh Hashanah. The order of the tractates in the Mishnah seems to be in descending order of size or in descending order of the number of chapters. So there isn't a rational explanation. And, and that's why, by the way, we decided to swap them around to study Rosh Hashanah before Beitzah. From a rational point of view, well, you can judge whether this is the right order to deal with it. But the Mishnah of Beitzah is called often in, in some of the commentaries the Mishnah of Yom Tov, of festivals. And it really focuses on food. I wanted to begin just by bringing you the introductory words of a Mishnah from Megillah, from the Mishnah of the Scroll of Esther, which we're going to come to in a few weeks' time. And in the first chapter of Megillah, the Mishnah declares, There's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov except the preparation of food. And in terms of practical halakha, by the way, in terms of carrying for the pre- preparation of food or carrying for things that we need. But the, but the, and, but that, that's an add-on. The essential difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov is the preparation of food. And the preparation of food is really the theme that holds the whole of the Masechet of Beitzah together. And you'll remember, usually when we start a Masachet, when we start a new chapter, we look at the biblical verses which underpin that chapter. So, for example, for Rosh Hashanah, we we learnt um, on the 10th day of the month, you're going to have a day of blowing. On Pesach, we learnt about getting the chametz out of the house. When we begin the Mishnah Beitzah, there's... There, there, we don't have any biblical verses to guide us, really. And the best principle, well, there are two principles we can go by. One principle is that we are really following the preparation of food. And that seems to be the main, and perhaps that's because that's the main difference between um, Shabbat and Yom Tov. We've explained the rules of Shabbat in great detail in the tractate of Shabbat and Eruvin. So now we're going to explain, if you like, the differences with food. And another key to the tractate of Beitzah is the whole question of Muktza. And the Rambam, in his commentary on the first mission, will, ex- will, will present this actually as the key to the tractate. But before looking at the Rambam, let's just have a look at the first Mishnah. Beitzah means egg. And the tractate begins Beitzah shen nolda b'yom tov Beit shamay omrim te'achel uveit hilel omrim lo te'achel. An egg laid on Yom Tov. Beit shamay say it can be eaten and Beit Hillel say 
it cannot be eaten. And then, then having articulated this disagreement between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, which is very surprising, by the way, because Beit Hillel are strict and Beit Shammai are lenient. And remember, normally this is the other way around. Normally, Beit Hillel go out of their way to be lenient. But in, in this case, Beit, um, Beit Hillel are strict. They're not lenient. The Mishnah then goes on, and it will go on for quite some time to articulate other examples of disputes between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, and particularly those in which Beit Hillel is strict. So the, the, the subject matter of the Masechet is, it, it's circling around questions of food, and it's circling around this relationship between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Let's just go, so, so it, it will continue. So having articulated the halakha about a, an egg laid on Yom Tov, the Mishnah goes on to say, Beit Shammai omrim se'or b'chazai v'chametz b'kakatovet. Beit Shammai say that the quantity of leaven, and we seem to be talking about here about the quantity of leaven that you've got to get rid of before Pesach. Um, the quantity of leaven is kazait. It's like an olive for um for yeast, for leavening, for chametz kakatovit. And if it's chametz, if it's leaven dough, it's like a date, which is slightly larger. Uveit hilel omrim ze vazeh b'chazait. Beit hilel are strict. They will remove both chametz and yeast for the size of a kazait, for the size of an olive. So we've got two disputes where Beit hilel are strict. Now, what is going on? What is going on with this egg, which is laid on, on Yom Tov? And there are various, the Gemara discusses this at great length, and there are various explanations. Perhaps the egg was conceived the day before. Maybe this is Yom Tov that follows Shabbat. Maybe the egg was conceived on Shabbat. Maybe the egg was conceived on, maybe this is a two-day Yom Tov, and it was conceived on the day before, on the first day and laid on the second day. In this case, by the way, there seems to be no problem because only one of those two days is really Yom Tov. So we can assume that either it's laid on the day that's not Yom Tov or it's conceived on the day that's not Yom Tov. But the Gemara brings a completely new concept in its discussion of this egg, which is not mentioned in any of the classic you know, rabbinic, classic biblical prohibitions on work on, on, on Yom Tov. It's not, it's not, you know, one of the 39 activities forbidden on Shabbat. And it's the question of something which is born, something which is new. And the Rambam explains it rather uh, so nicely that I thought I'd bring you the Rambam. The Rambam says, something which is muktza which is, forbi is forbidden as food on a festival. We can't eat something muktza. So what is something muktza? Something muktza is something that is basically not designated to be eaten, or it's designated not to be eaten. So, for example, you wouldn't think about eating your, I don't know, your... Um, you wouldn't think about eating... Um, uh, a piece of paper that's used for writing. It's not food. So it's 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 on it's on Shabbat. And the Rambam goes on to say 
Uchmoken and similarly, no lad who asur beyomtov. No lad is Hebrew for born. Similarly, the Rambam says something which is born is forbidden on yomtov. And why is that forbidden? No, why is no lad forbidden? It's forbidden because it wasn't thought of. It's like fruit falling off a tree. So, in other words, just like we wouldn't eat something unless. Before Yom Tov came in, we designated it as food. If this object didn't exist before Yom Tov came in, we couldn't possibly have designated it as food because it didn't exist. It's like fruit falling off a tree, in his words. It's just, it, it didn't exist. And so it's forbidden because it didn't exist. And then he goes on to say, the tractate revolves around these two principles. So for the Rambam, the tractate revolves around the principles of muktza and nolad, of stuff which is designated or not, and stuff that did, did or did, did not exist, did not exist when Yom Tov came in, something that sort of came into being on Yom Tov. So those are the principles for the Rambam that the tractate revolves around. And, you know, they're slightly different to the principle of food, which I just articulated, but Kind of a similar cluster, actually a similar cluster of um, of issues. And of course, the Rambam agrees that we don't have, a, if you like, an overriding mitzvah or an overriding verse to hang the tra to, to organize the tractate around. He's actually organizing the tractate around rabbinic principles. And then he goes on to say that if the chicken is, is actually kept to lay eggs alone. So in other words, this chicken is never designated as food because it's never going to be slaughtered. It's, a, it's an egg layer chicken. He says, actually, there's no argument between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai that the egg laid is absolutely forbidden because the egg is absolute. The chicken is absolutely not designated as food. And then he goes on to say, look, the chick, the arguments about a chicken that was ready to be eaten, i.e. it was designated as food and then it lays an egg. So can we eat the egg or not? That, for the Rambam, is the question of, of this Mishnah. And then the Mishnah goes on to discuss other questions of preparation. So, and we read, we learned actually this Mishnah when we learned the Mishnah of Shabbat. Someone who slaughters a wild animal or a wild bird on, on a festival. And, you know, we have a verse. It's from Vayikra. Someone, if an Israelite or a stranger or a ger who resides among them um, hunts a bird, the the blood has to be poured out. The shafach et damor vechisahu be'afar. That blood has to be poured out from the animal and it's been going to be covered in earth. So the question this Mishnah is dealing with is not whether we can slaughter the animal on Yom Tov, because we can do things for food. That's the principle that we learn from the Mishnah and Megillah. There's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov except for food. So we can slaughter the animal on Yom Tov, but how are we going to cover the blood? 
So the Mishnah says, someone who slaughters a, a wild animal or a bird on a festival, Beit Shammai say, we can dig with some kind of decker, that's a sort of a, a, a prong tool, and we can cover the blood. And Beit Hillel say, no, 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 no. We can't even carry out the slaughter unless before Yom Tov comes in during the day, we've actually prepared the earth. So fine, the animal's ready to be slaughtered, but we need to prepare the earth to cover it with. And then on similar lines, they actually agree. By the way, they agree that um, if someone did actually slaughter, then after the fact that you would actually cover with earth and dig with a trowel and, and cover it. And they also agree, by the way, that ashes from a stove all, always count as being prepared, as if you're always ready to use ashes for a stove. And there is an idea in the Gemara, actually, you might use ashes to cover the blood, I think. But when we, I think we touched on this when we learned the Mishnah in Shabbat. Then the Mishnah goes on, you know, we're still on Beit Shemai, Beit Hillel on food. Beit Shammai say we can't carry a ladder from one dovecote to another dovecote. We seem to be talking here about covering, carrying the ladder inside a private property. But Beit Shammai say you can incline it from one window to another. Uveit Hillel Matirim, Beit Hillel let you carry this ladder around your own property. And again, the commentators agree that if we're talking about carrying a ladder in public, that is clearly, it's clearly, it's clearly forbidden. We're talking about inside an eruv here. So there's no question about physically carrying, we're calling, we're going to carry in the eruv, right? We're not talking about the prohibition on carrying. But there's a question of marit eye. There's a question of what people would think if we wander around carrying a ladder. I mean, if I see someone wand walking up the road with a ladder, I think, well, he's probably fixing his roof or fixing his windows. There's a suggest there's an implication that we're working on Shabbat or Yom Tov. And we we won't carry the carrying the ladder is forbidden for that reason. Either we're fixing our house, or maybe we're fixing the ladder itself. But you wouldn't carry a ladder for a normal purpose on Yom Tov. But Beit Hillel, now Beit Hillel being lenient here, Beit Hillel will allow you to carry it inside your own property. And Beit Shammai will say, no, 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 no. Even for purposes of Marit Ein, for what people will think, the same issues apply inside your property as they do outside your property. And then, Talking about the doves in the dovecot itself, Beit Shammai Omrim Lo Yitol Elayim Ken Nianemi Bodyon. Beit Shammai will say, "Look, you shouldn't take them unless you've moved them around the day before. In other words, you've basically picked up a dove and said, oh yeah, I'm designating you for eating on Yom Tov.'" And Beit Hillel say, "No, no, you can just stand up and say, look, this one or that one, I'm going to take on Yom Tov.' And as long as you basically make some verbal declaration before Yom Tov comes in. After Yom Tov comes in, you can climb up on your ladder and grab a dove and slaughter it. And that might be your uh, meal on Yom Tov. Because, of course, in the time before the invention of the refrigerator, you really did need to slaughter for fresh on 
on Chagim, on Yom Tov, if you're going to be able to eat and enjoy yourself on Yom Tov. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.